I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 29th episode of Eat Like an Artist. Today, we have one of my good creative friends, Amanda. And before we actually go into the episode, I think the best person to probably intro you, Amanda, is you yourself, especially because you have a lot of different things that you do. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Michaela. I am a multi-talented artist online. I do audio dramas mainly at the moment. I also am a film creator, writer, editor, actress. I do video editing for a living, and I do some motion graphics as well. I'm not going to do the rest because there is a lot, but I, I guess <laughs> I'll throw an illustrator as well. But anyway, but, you know, there's a lot of things. <laughs> do you feel like it's always just like a never ending list of things that just keep piling on? Absolutely. On top of another? Yeah, it, it can be overwhelming. I have a lot of stuff because I have a lot of hobbies. So that's where the overwhelm, I think, hits. Yeah, but I feel like that's good, though, because I feel like that gives you like a fuel of just being like, well, it seems from the outside, like it's like infinitely like inspired and infinitely like passionate. But before this episode even started, we were talking about how you're actually somebody that still experiences like creative blocks, which doesn't seem like from the outside that you as somebody who has like multiple passions and multiple interests in different creative industries like would even experience that. Right. Yeah. I hear that a lot. And it's always funny to me because I try to I try to get past creative blocks because anytime you start getting like proficient in something, you start having these expectations on yourself and the activity. And so I panic and pick a new activity to learn, which takes the stress away. So for me, it's kind of like this new medium gives me new perspectives and therefore I'm able to reapproach that previous activity with like basically more knowledge or a, a new way of looking at it. Um, it's just been really, it's it's just funny because I'm like, well, I have so many hobbies because I get creatively blocked all the time. <laughs> That's why I try all these new things. Yeah, I feel like the first thing I do if I ever get into a creative block is that I just tell myself to just buckle down and just do it. Like, have you done that before? And I have, yeah. It's usually my worst art. <laughs> oh my God, it's not my best stuff. I feel like when I force myself or I'm like trying to pressure myself, like you need to do the art, you need to do it now. And this comes up in work too, because I do creative stuff for work and, and you do as well. So I feel like sometimes it's so hard to like push yourself into it because I feel like then I'm immediately met with resistance from me. Like managing myself is a nightmare. <laughs> really. Oh my gosh. I feel that too. And I feel like there's like an added layer of stress because like, it's different when the creative thing that you do is like a hobby. And I think maybe for another episode, we can talk about how it's very important for creative people who do it for work to also have creative hobbies. Non-financially um, lucrative hobbies. Yes, yeah. non-financially <laughs> lucrative hobbies. Like not everything has to be monetized. But for the thing that you do monetize as a creative, I feel like whenever you do get that block, it's like it's not even like you're kind of keeping yourself away from feeling inspired and like creating things. But then you're trying to think, oh crap, like I'm not doing the things that will make me income so I can actually like survive and even get the tools to do the creative hobbies that I want to do or just yeah. like the regular hobbies in like life. 
And I think that panic just compounds like as soon as you start panicking, because I feel like to create our, I don't know, I, I guess for me, I feel like I need to be in a space of like calm. So to find ways and like methods of, of going back to that calmness. And I don't know why, but I guess learning new things is just calming. Mm. Like Again, I think it's the lack of pressure because, you you know, we're talking about like the pressure of when you turn it into your income and now your creativity has a pressure on it because you have to monetize it, which can be, you know, that could be so difficult. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the most insidious one as far as creative blocks go for me. I, I would say I'd experience it more at work than in any of like personal creative projects, but it is interesting. Yeah. And then it's like on top of the external pressures of work, there's also, I think when you get further into creative work and like professional creative work, you get to a point where you're even more of a perfectionist. I feel like when you're first starting out doing something, you're a beginner, you're pretty easy on yourself. You're like, oh, you know, I suck at painting, but it's fine. Like I'm just starting out. But then when you're actually like doing the thing that you do every day and you do it for work and you're messing up, you're like, oh my God. And you're like, just so, I don't know, we get so quick. Oh my God, the drama like is quick, uh, right? Yeah. In the, <laughs> yeah, the mental, it's like a whole TV drama in there. Oh, 100%. I spiral immediately. I'm like, I, I, I don't know about you, but imposter syndrome is probably like the first thing that creeps in in the spiraling down. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like... But yeah, yeah, I think perfectionism is certainly plays into creative blocks because that that expectation of like, I should be good at this for, you know, whatever reason because of my age or my height or, you know, I don't know. We come up literally a ridiculous list, you know, and then we put that on ourselves when we're being creative. So I feel like, you know, you pick up a new hobby that's gone but then you mm. get good at that hobby oops here we go again and then you can go back to the first one and i feel like you just end up ping ponging from hobby to hobby but that for me has been i guess the lead like that takes away the perfectionism because it's too distracting mm. like, i don't have time to focus on it <laughs> yeah and i think it's hard when you're just beating down on the same like creative block and not like actually looking at the source of like why that even happened Mm -hmm. um could you actually mm -hmm. tell us about like a specific situation that you had that like prolonged creative block and like, how you basically overcame that or maybe even how that affected your work because maybe you haven't overcome it because girl yeah <laughs> i got some creative blocks yeah. that are still there <laughs> we're we're a work in progress forever i think but yeah, absolutely. Um, my perfectionism went really, really far back. Like when I was a child, my mom had me in a lot of illustration classes and acting classes. And I don't know why it didn't really show up in my acting classes, but it it was heavy in my illustration. And anytime I would get better at art as a kid, I would immediately go and find all of the old art and I would rip it up, all of it. So I don't have very many drawings from when I was young because of my, like, I think my mom saved one comic book I made when I was little, she hid it from me <laughs> so that I couldn't, I couldn't riff it up. Um, and that one was so hard. I actually gave up illustrating because this perfectionism was eating at me so much because like where I was at was not where I wanted to be. And I just let that take away the desire to draw at all. And so I think after high school, I just stopped drawing. I was like, you know what? I never got to where I wanted. Forget it. Right. Like I'm sick of, tearing up drawings <laughs> and like I didn't get over this myself um I think my fiance actually helped me a lot he is an illustrator that's what he went to college for and his mom was a children's book illustrator so it's like a family of illustrators right and I think when I was with him and kind of explaining and he remembers me drawing because we actually went to high school together 
so he was kind of like, why aren't you drawing? You know, and that sort of came up in conversations. And I was like, oh, well, I just don't like what I draw. And he's like, well, just keep going. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, but I never liked. And he's like, wrong exercises then, you know? So I think he shifted my perspective from if you're not where you want to be, that doesn't mean you can't get there. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the journey doesn't have to be enjoyable. So he kind of helped me find artists that I found inspiring. That was another thing. If you don't find other artists inspiring, you're not following other artists and you're an artist, go do it please. Yeah. <laughs> Huge inspiration is other artists. If you're creatively blocked, that's another great way to get inspiration. And I feel like he just reframed my whole mindset on it. Now I feel like I have a healthy relationship with illustration. I'm not where I want to be at all, but I am happy with where I'm at. And I'm, it's really fun to watch the progress instead of ripping it up. <laughs> so but he was majorly healing in that way. So I have about one year of art that I can look back on now. Yay! I can I just say that like I'm very proud of you for getting onto that journey back into illustrating because there's so many people oh, you got to think about it too like there's so many people who probably have a very similar story to yours but have not had all the factors of whether you know it's like your own self like growing and like having the support systems and having like new perspectives that mm -hmm. they don't actually go back and visit the thing that they once like loved so much. And like, yeah. I feel like that's like a huge disservice to you yourself and to the world to like hide away that part of like your artistry. So yeah, give yourself a pat on the back. Oh my gosh, yay. <laughs> also yay, no more ripping. <laughs> I know, yeah, I don't I don't rip up my drawings anymore. I back them all yeah. up, I date them, I sign them. We're, oh, we're good. good, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's been really great. And a, another thing I didn't expect from it, like giving people my illustrations which i once presumed had no value right like mm. obviously i'm ripping them up so i think they don't have any value i started drawing for other people so this is another great way to get over your if you're stuck creatively think about making something for someone else huge source of inspiration it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to get to know somebody that you already know just like sitting there thinking about them anyway i started doing yeah. that and presenting those illustrations to people and it's been some of the most connecting moments i've had with those people in my life so if you're an illustrator and you give up on it please pick it back up it's really really wonderful i know and i think there's just too many people that have just like given up on something that they're just so good at and it's not like you know you got to make a career out of it but like having still like a presence in your life is so beautiful in itself. And I actually really like that you mentioned how your fiance was kind of telling you like, hey, the repetitive journey or like repetitive work that you were going through, like, let's not do that. Let's like pivot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if what you're fine. doing isn't getting the results you want, yeah, it's probably it's not the like, right thing to do. <laughs> like you can, you can hammer in a nail, but if that nail's bent, like, you're just messing up the wall exactly. <laughs> you have to restart yeah. yeah and i like that um he said that and i like that when even at the beginning when you were talking about hobbies i think we get really easy to start obsessing over things i know mm -hmm. at least like for me um a creative block that i've still been trying to like get over is like when it came to dancing and i think it was because of that repetitive work that mm. it started to just feel like nothing was new nothing was like exciting anymore and then that just led from like one thing to another led to like burnout that's the other thing with creative yeah blog, like burnout it's just immediately like turning into not just momentary like creative slump but it's like a prolonged creative burnout and just not wanting to ever do anything within that space <laughs> yeah like i got to a point where i when i would go into a dance studio space like i would get incredibly anxious and like want to leave 
And I was like, why, why do I feel like this? Mm. And it was just like weird. And then when I would actually push through that feeling, like I still felt like I just was not at a level that I wanted to be at, whether it was in terms of skill wise, or even just how I emotionally felt like in that space. So yeah, I feel like when you're actually like taking the time to explore new creative techniques, it helps a lot. Um, yeah, how did you get past that creative block with the dancing? Oh, <laughs> we're still in sorry, uh, we're still in that, <laughs> we're still in that motion. But um, I think okay, so we're still working on it now. Yeah, we're still working on it. But like you was, you were saying, like you you're also still in your own like journey of like working towards like illustration. Um, for me, I think I had to sit down with myself and figure out why I wanted to dance in the first place. Mm, so yeah, that's really important. Yeah, and I think whenever you go back to the why and like figuring out the root of what made you happy about it, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of figure out what the block is because you're not treating the symptoms, you're treating what the actual root cause is. And so I was like thinking, you know what, I just need to just have the willpower and just push through and just go do it. But every time I did that, I would just get anxious and then cry. <laughs> I'm like, you need to edit. And then I'm like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but and then i realized i was like okay why did i like dancing in the first place and i think because i was approaching dance later in the journey of like actually dancing to the point that i wanted to do it professionally i think that's when i started steering away from why i liked it in the first place oh it kind and of yeah away. it was like it was something where it was creatively challenging but the main part of it was that there was a community aspect to dancing that i love so much and I think, um, quite honestly, like the creative block happened towards the end of my college years when I was starting to put dance like in the forefront. Like I was like director of the dance crew. I was like working as a dance teacher somewhere else. Like if I wasn't doing homework, which I didn't do a lot of homework, so I was not a good student. <laughs> but, <laughs> let me just throw myself under the bus there. But I was, um, yeah, I was dancing like at least like four hours a day, at least that was even like when I was like doing a light day. Yeah. Um, so it was just in my life a lot and it was really great. But I think a factor of things happened where I was starting to have a lot of self-doubt um, coming from not just myself, but also reinforced by some people and some person that like kind of got me to believe those self-doubt things. I mean, it's really oh, important. okay. Yeah, yeah those like, are always bad. Yeah, so we talk about, out. you know, how supportive people can be, but there's yeah. also the part where there's some people in your creative journey that aren't very supportive of you. Yeah, you and can't so, win them all, but I know. flick them away. I know. So because I was young, I didn't know how to flick the thoughts away. Oh, so. of course. Oh, yeah, me too. No, yes. I 100% I let people do that to me. I know. And it's it's just so Ultimate. it's so easy to get that in your head, especially when like you're yeah. young and like I yeah, I thought I was so grown in college, but I really Well, and I think like when you're young, that feedback from your peers is kind of like a pivotal part of your life at that yeah. moment. So it kind of it does overlap a little bit. And if you yeah. have someone nasty, and I say it's nasty because it's mean to do this to people. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Absolutely. Like Especially when you have people doing that, it's like, well, it's you're in a, an incredibly impressionable time in your life. Yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like we're all a little susceptible to that, of course. Yeah. And I feel like any kind of art like has some sort of community aspect to it. And when you don't feel that support, it can 
you know, you can have like a hundred people supporting you, but it's so easy for our minds. And I think it's like some sort of psychological phenomenon that like, if we just have one person that's just like totally just grading on our parade, it's just all we think about. So that was kind of like the intro into my creative block and like burnout. And then I had a back injury. So then I couldn't even dance physically. So not only did I have a mental block, I ended up having like a physical block and then yeah, that's pandemic hit like right after oh that. my god yeah. yeah so not only I mean, a mental but, emotional, yeah. but a physical another physical block because and then a world block people. a whole world block wow like, yeah and, like the community aspect of dance like went away i like got out of it and then as like you know lockdown stopped happening and we were like starting to basically be in a post-pandemic world I didn't know how to integrate dance in that sort of way mm -hmm. because of everything that happened when I was within the dance world at the time when I was in college. So I think honestly, like I'm kind of doing what you're doing where I am kind of titrating it very small in my life right now because it's still mm -hmm. something that gives me a lot of like anxiety sort of like it's I don't know why. <laughs> No, I yeah. know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I really do. But, yeah. I'm like just taking small steps, and then also too, like I, I think once I started trying to explore other styles of dance, it helped a lot too. And I think we can see like a lot of things like drawing and painting and photography and videography. And there's usually like one specific niche or like topic that we know about it, but there's like a whole umbrella of things under it. So mm -hmm. like for example, with dance, like I needed to have a break from the hip-hop and street style dancing that I was doing and like choreography within that realm and I'm starting to try to explore stuff like bachata and like tango Things, yeah very very small amounts but <laughs> yeah but, but you're shaking it up yeah, like you're adding more variety those dances yeah. are so different like that's going to be so inspiring for what you bring into your own choreography I'm assuming you do to design your own choreography I did, but that yeah. was another part of the creative block too. <laughs> I was like, oh, I no. can't. I was literally like thinking that every sort of choreography that I made was like garbage. I remember telling somebody that like I don't think I've liked any of the choreography I've made. When I, I feel like back. that was me when you yeah. met me. Yeah, because I think it was at the beginning of of I believe your injury when we first met. Mm -hmm. We were in doing that set with Taylor, and I think you were talking to me about your dance at that point. So it might have been then. I believe I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely fun because that was still like right before I was thinking like, okay, photography, this is what I'm meant to do professionally. Dancing was never meant to be on that path. This also might be a lesson that not every creative hobby you have should be monetized. Yes, you don't need to monetize everything. If you're good at something that doesn't need, you need to make money doing it. Okay. Like, yeah, you've heard it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like there could still be some sort of like thing that you get out of it. it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be money. It could be like, you know, just momentarily happiness or like community. And that's as well. The joy of making something. Because I, like, I really, oh my gosh. Yeah. If like, I honestly think if I made dancing my thing, like my career, I would be absolutely, absolutely upset. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not for your career, you know, like maybe yeah. it's just, maybe it's something for you and your body in a way to connect and, and show art and love to your body or, you know, something like yeah. that. Because yeah. I don't think I would ever sell like a physical painting ever, but I paint those for family and like family members. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's like a way I connect with them. So I don't know, maybe that's what dancing is for you. 
Yeah, like you are having this like community aspect to it, and it's nothing. It's like there's nothing that you expect in return, but it just no, yeah. you just like I don't know. It just gives you this joy. I'm sure there's like some psychological. I have it's like crack okay it's like crack <laughs> giving people my art is so fun I can't describe the joy that it gives me but like I would sell digital illustration I'm just saying like paintings like on canvas that I paint for people it is like yeah. crack cooking I've never had crack cooking okay <laughs> I speak completely <laughs> out of what we think this is what I think it's like yeah but I can I, I know what you mean like you're it's kind of that like metaphorical like addictiveness whenever you have this yeah. just like I guess like dopamine hit when you're just, oh my gosh you know yeah. sharing art with people and like you see how happy it makes them and then it makes you happy and then it's just this like this better cycle than like oh, yeah. what we were we're talking about not the high on life spiral <laughs> cycle yeah like the high on life like cycle which is yeah really, but really I think nice. like I mean some of that is probably our inherent desire to be like productive versus our human desire to have community and connection with others and ourselves so I feel like art is supposed to be the connection with community ourselves and others in our body mm -hmm. but because we live in a world where we have to trade our time and our services for money in exchange for homes and food it's like of course that gets jumbled up and confusing have you heard of the concept of the third place oh third places yeah they're like disappearing yeah, yeah. yeah. and i feel like mm -hmm. that's the thing where here oh hold up you're gonna hear my <laughs> you're gonna hear my keyboard <laughs> it's okay. really loud yes let's hear it okay I just need to make sure I'm like thinking about this. Yeah, where it's just like you're encouraged to just interact with people and just like have relaxing like public relaxation. Like you just yeah, I feel like our childhood was like the last existence of really yeah. good third places. Yeah, which I feel like that's way too long ago. So long, dude. I'm <laughs> gonna be 30. That's so long okay. ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like you as a person, like when you're 10 like 20 yeah. like oh ah, ah that's a lot oh that actually hurts my brain thinking about that right like, like yeah it's kind of insane because like that place between like home and like work or like your school and stuff like that it's it's it has so many like psychological benefits and it just like blows my mind how so many of these places are like disappearing like you could see like public libraries are like struggling to like stay open yeah they're and... also kind of scary <laughs> yeah they're also not very frightening to be yeah they're kind of scary to me too yeah. um but i used but to even... all the time as a kid and they were lovely like they were yeah. pleasant i think it's also just because like there's not time place within it and mm -hmm. i think it's like a wonder now like i'm really wondering like how you know, creative blocks, those are something that I feel like every artist faces at some point, maybe not mm -hmm. just once in their life, maybe multiple times. I mean, you and I were both very like, I just love having hobbies. And I, yeah, I mean, you're also somebody who I see with like a million hobbies who to me on my view and perspective looks eternally creative, you know, because that's the view I have of you yeah. and your experience. So it's, it's nice to know that, you know, I think we're all going to have it and I don't think it's going to go away. Like you're probably going to face it in the future. But I think if you have exercises to, and you're kind of like, okay, I'm creatively blocked. So maybe I'll pause on that, you know, and try this, yeah. or, you know, try community or connection or yeah. just try not making art at all. Yeah. Not make that wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's totally okay to take a break. And like we were mm -hmm. talking about too, with like the third place, like I think because we have grown up with the notion that like hyper productivity and hyper efficiency is what is desired and what is going to be mm -hmm. 
basically what your road to happiness and fulfillment is. And, and you're a good person if you do it. And you're a good person and like yep. that just hits you to your moral core. And it's just like a lot to think about. Yeah. But like having those times to just like connect with people and, you know, within those third places, like, you know, churches, community centers, public libraries, which need to be funded more so that they look a little more. about <laughs> locally for more funding for the library. I know so many more funding and like, even just like, um, I really love going to co-working spaces now and like maker spaces. I used to not, cause I would think like, why would I do that if I can just work at home? But I realized <laughs> maybe because I'm feeling this creative block, if I'm really wanting to be on the path of like, okay, let me try something different because obviously what my current routine is doing is not providing me like the inspiration that I need. Like, let me change mm -hmm. it up a little bit. And I think when you go into these third places, it helps a lot with overcoming that creative block is like taking yourself away from a familiar space and getting, if you want to feel newly inspired, you got to go do something new. A hundred percent. Sometimes just a location change is inspiring. If you're like, let's say you're a character designer and you can't think of a character, go people watch, okay? People are very interesting and their style will show you so much personality and persona. It's, it's a great way to get unblocked in that way. So like, yeah, just get outside. Touch some grass, not in a mean way. <laughs> in a nice way. You could touch the sea as well. Get some water. Yeah. Water. <laughs> sea spray in your face. It's lovely. Yeah. And I think whenever we do that, we can find different resources and different sources of seeking inspiration um, that is not just within what we already know. So um, I get the question a lot and I wonder if you also get the question where people ask you like how you get inspired for things and most of the time like while I do have people like photographers that I'm really inspired by I also have like a plethora of people who are like visual artists themselves or they're like cinematographers technically things that are not necessarily within the photography like industry or niche but like there's mm -hmm. still a lot of inspiration from there because it was very interesting when you mentioned like you know if you're struggling with character design like go look at real life people mm -hmm. like, you don't necessarily have to look at other animated characters or other like drawn out characters like you can draw inspiration from real life things and I think there's just like a really nice cycle of just inspiration that comes from that when you explore things that are just different and new. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about being multi-hobbied, right? Like if you know how to sew, you're probably going to do better when you go and design your clothing on your characters because now you have more of an idea of how function and form works for fashion. So like no matter what you go and learn and add to your brain and your knowledge, it's always going to build a more complex and intricate artistic perspective in anything else so like I went for example I do a lot of audio drama podcasting which I would say is like my main bread, bread and butter right now but I'm a video editor for a living that audio design showed up in my videos and I didn't expect it but it was an exponential growth that I didn't know was even possible because I was only looking at video editing and where I could grow in video editing and I didn't even know that this would you know enhance it so it's stuff like that. You know, you don't know how it's going to play. You don't know what skill is going to enhance your other skill and where. But that's the beauty of, like, even if you go and bake pies, you might be better at shooting your breakfasts, you know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with um, being able to have these kind of surprise skills show up in your, like, I guess, main craft, too, it's like a big 
F you to any self-doubt that you had. Because a lot of times, like whenever we have self-doubt and imposter syndrome, it's because we're like, oh, I'm just like not good enough. Or like, I always think like, I'm totally just scamming these people because I'm like, I am not that <laughs> no. good. Like, I'll think that. And it's like, it's just so weird. And you'll hear people who are incredibly like accomplished in the industry and they're still saying that at that level. So I think whenever you do take the time to produce creative work that is outside of what you're having a block in currently, you'll find that that joy from the hobby that you have and you do like every Thursday night can actually like spark a little bit of joy back into what's blocking you Mm -hmm. because it's showing you like, hey, you're you're a little bit more than what you think that you could do. I think we are very bad at predicting just as people in general, very bad at predicting about how good we are. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how much of that is my ego and how much of that is insecurity. It must be like a a (laughs) teeter-totter. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike how I'm viewing myself. Yeah, this is why I listen to like a lot of like psychological like podcasts because like human psychology is just so, it's so freaking odd. It's just so weird. We're so complex and intricate and nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other thing too is just like, um, I think with creative blocks, sometimes I think we also try to find inspiration from just other creative sources. But lately I've been um, diving back into more like psychology and science things and like finding inspiration from that because, um, you know, I used to be like a big science nerd kid, (laughs) not jaded in in college, but, um, but yeah, I feel like that's where too, there's a lot of that inspiration that can be held there in places that you wouldn't really expect in the first place. Because, you know, I think we try to separate all these different facets in our life and just in the world, you know, like art isn't anything like science, isn't anything like finance. But there's all these different places that really converge with each other every day. Like our world is super complex. And yes, Mm -hmm. the human mind tries to put everything into categories and it needs to stay separated. Each is very easy for our brains. I know. It's just easy for us to do that. But like truly like everything, like I think that's, that might be why you and I, when we look at each other, we're thinking, oh, that person's like infinitely creative. I think we just have different ways of connecting different facets of our life. And maybe our connections are just a little bit different. So then I'm thinking like, oh, I am totally way back and like, man, does way forward. And then it's just like switch for you on your end. But I think it's just because we are exploring different things too. I mean, probably because I have that with my other highly creative friends. Um, it's a similar thing where they'll be like, but you're doing so great. And I'm like, no, no, but you're doing you so great. You've been doing so good, you know? And like, I, it's just so funny every time I have it, but it, it, I feel like because we're all becoming older and more mature and we're like more authentic with each other. Now we're all sharing that. And I feel like mm-hmm. that sharing with each other has been like, also like, oh, okay. So we all think we're, we're bad as hell. That's cool. You know, but yeah. also like, <laughs> maybe we can relax a little bit on ourselves because it's just like, we're all talented at different things in different areas. And yeah, we're exploring, like you do a lot of photography and I, I literally went to school for cinematography, but I haven't picked up a camera and touched like, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I did that because of imposter syndrome though. Like the whole degree <laughs> was for that. <laughs> It's I okay. To prove I could do well, because I, I used to go for pre med. So, <laughs> oh man, the things we do to prove ourselves we're like worthy. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, but I really but, like, like I that would... you have that like circle of friends to talk about it too. Like yeah, that's it's like, really super nice. important. Yeah. yeah, I think I feel like we always have a much more positive perspective and just viewpoint of other people. 
and we're always so Probably, on yeah. ourselves. <laughs> so it's always nice to have like a mirror placed on you by friends being just like shut the fuck up like you're doing fine like sometimes yeah. i need that slap in the face to be like okay like me thinking i'm this imposter i'm at this like horrible terrible creative it's really just me giving into that self-doubt within me yeah. but like from and the it's outside like so baffling me like to me because i know i do it to myself but it's so baffling even to hear you say that you do that to you from my viewpoint perspective that's what's like so interesting about it yeah see i see i tell people all the time i'm like yo i'm struggling all the time <laughs> <laughs> this is like even when it comes to like this podcast too people are like oh my gosh like this is so super cool and i'm like huh funny it's actually i actually hate the sound of my voice and <laughs> oh no. yeah it's really weird and it's but i think it's also something where um i think i've gotten into the habit of just doing things that i know i'm like incredibly scared of mm. and that's what's also habit. helped me yeah yeah good habit yeah because i think that's what's helped me with like creative blocks because i think i start to realize i have creative blocks because either i'm giving into self-doubt or I'm getting bored, honestly. Yeah, bored because, is a huge one. Yeah, especially if you're like, I don't know, sometimes I think I'm just, I really love just doing a lot of different things every single day. And when things get super repetitive, um, I don't know, my brain needs a lot more stimulation than that. So yeah, more variety. Now I think about it, that's probably why I started the podcast too, because I was like, I need a little bit more variety in my current work. Um, but yeah, no, I had to get over the hurdle of hating my voice. And that became another block, not necessarily a creative block, but just like a personal block of myself. Yeah, like a block. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just thinking, I was just like, is it really truly a block or like, is there a way that I can work? past it? So how do you think? You just um, I actually just record and then I just don't listen to it. <laughs> So yeah, so I have um I have an editor named Alexis. So, so she is amazing and helps out with all the editing and stuff. But I think that helps a lot to be working with another person on this too. Because yeah. honestly, knowing that I have that tendency to like I like don't like how my voice sounds. If I had to listen to it and edit it, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I would just delete every single episode. That's <laughs> so interesting because I do all of my own editing and I'm in my audio drama and I, I've edited all the films I've ever been in. Like, it's so interesting. I've heard this from other people though. You're not, mm. you're not alone. But it's interesting because like, I can't say that I've ever been like, I hate that. Although I've been like, that's a disappointing performance. I need to mm. do better, you know? But I've never been like, yo, I hate the way I sound or look. Like, not that I haven't had days where I'm like, yo, that photo of me is obviously <laughs> bad. You know what I mean? Like objectively, but it's just, mm -hmm. it's very interesting. Like, I don't yeah, know. There's I feel like it's like how we were saying, like, you know, you and I have different ways of reconnecting with ourselves and finding like different connections between all the different creative work and industries yeah. that we work in. I think it's also very different about what our kind of like self perceptions are. So like mm -hmm. for me, like, you know, how I figured out how to not want to delete every single episode, like you were talking about wanting to you know, like, tear up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I oh, literally was about to delete like, episode one till seven. <laughs> it's like I can't. Oh do this. no, really? But it was, you know, yeah, I'm glad it was. You didn't. Yeah, I'm glad too because I can now being a little bit more. I think I'm past like the beginner curve of where I'm like I want everything to just be like deleted. I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm like in a little bit more of that nicer 
part like, there's why, a graph why delete yeah. it yeah you're like chill and bother <laughs> yeah and like it's like i can look back at the things that i used to do and like rather than seeing it as like oh my god ew like cringe i could be like oh like i'm doing a lot better now yeah like, see i've never see, you've never done anything cringe i've never seen yeah. you do a single cringe thing but see that's the same thing that i can say to you like we always have such better perceptions oh, it, of other okay, people's yeah. work okay I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like i think um whenever we are like worried that what we do is going to be like cringy or just bad, or we just say yeah. we're bad artists, it's really coming from our own like inner self and just needing to- A hundred percent. Yeah, it's never, it's never out. It's never external. It's totally internal. Yeah, it's an yeah. absolutely like internal battle. And I think that's what the creative block is. And I think if we just continuously find some sort of solution like within, um, I think we're going to stay stagnant. And like, again, I think it's really great that we continuously like seek different ideas and different activities and things whether it is actually like a creative thing or just you know visiting like a third place and going to a park and just walking <laughs> like, yeah it doesn't nice. have to be creative just do something else yeah you know like, yeah, you're like you don't have to learn how to sew today i mean if you do oh cool. my god yeah don't take that on in one day yeah <laughs> but i mean <laughs> talk if about unrealistic wanna, like, expectations <laughs> yeah it's like if you just want to want to read a book and you read like a page like that's that's still helpful like within yeah. the whole thing yeah and i think the other thing is too is it's, it's really nice to also be talking to another person and being reminded that everyone does go through this because then it doesn't feel like it feels a lot less lonesome yeah because i'm definitely not going to you know. highlight all my worst moments and put them online for everybody so it is nice at least to talk to someone and have them be like yeah no i go through it like sometimes i'm in my closet and i'm like all right cry it out get out we're good you know <laughs> yeah and i feel like we all know that like social media and just like yeah. how we present ourselves in a day-to-day -day is always like a highlight reel 100 i'm polished <laughs> Yeah, we need we need a reminder. Like my networking self is always gonna be like some polished like version of me. Yes. But and even the raw, I'm gonna say this because I believe it's true and I think people should hear it because parasocial relationships are getting crazy. But even the raw, and I have air quotes, but no one can see it. Mm -hmm. The raw, you know, character, the person that looks as if they're presenting incredibly authentic, they might be they might not be okay just everybody take that into consideration that might also be a character too just yeah absolutely and also too like whenever i do share on social media anytime i do have some creative blocks or challenges mm -hmm. like to be like frank like it's it is still not necessarily like the rawest rawest version of me but that's because if i show the rawest rawest version of me she is not a happy camper so. yeah that's kind of what i mean like because i i think like you know, if you see someone else struggling with the same thing, but they're not struggling to the extent that you are, you might be like, oh, they're stronger. And like, maybe mm -hmm. they are, but maybe they aren't. You know, I'm just saying like, keep keep in mind that everything you see on social media is curated. Everything on television is curated. So if you're having a raw experience and you're like really bawling, you've never seen anybody ball like that. It's because we don't put it online. Yeah. That's and all. we don't <laughs> record like every single minute of our life either. No. Yeah. Like, a lot of the times I've had like those creative blocks and like straight up like burnout. Like I, mm -hmm. it's like, I barely have the energy to get up. It's like, I wouldn't have the energy to go and like record this and be an inspiration to other people to like get through it. Cause at oh that moment God, I'm yeah. feeling like absolute garbage. Like I'm not going to be doing like anything like that, but. Yeah, I've had that too, mm -hmm. where you just like, I gone through spells where I make absolutely nothing. And I'm, yeah. I'm like not productive at all. Yeah, and I, that's totally okay. Like I've yeah. even on the topic of like social media too, cause that's a 
different way of also being like creative and like content creation. I think mm -hmm. a lot of us artists are also kind of been pushed into creating content, which I'm totally like for, like, I love doing yeah, it's it. It's fun. It but is really fun. It takes but a lot of time to make content. Yeah. And also it takes time to put content online. <laughs> yeah. And in, then it can lead to that whole same cycle that we were even talking about when mm -hmm. you're like trying to approach the actual creative work, when you're trying to approach things around the creative work, like but then you're creation. like, oh, I'm, I really want to draw, but I need to go yeah. grab a camera and I should light it. And now it's like, well, now I don't want to draw, you know? It's yeah, exactly. Like, and yeah, then that leads to that like cycle right. frustration, like repetitive mm -hmm. work and all those things that we like relate to like what causes these creative blocks. And there's yeah. been times too that I'll just like creatively like not know what to post online. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to how, you know, in our everyday lives, we are consistently told that hyper productivity, hyper efficiency always showing up is needed. But I feel like you can always still be productive, efficient and show up in a way that doesn't make you feel overworked on your side yeah, and true. things like you could still show up, but like show up in a different way. Like you don't have to give 110 every day. Okay. Yeah. You really don't, you don't it, have to do Even that. if you just give the 10 that's still showing up in some that way. Is. You're there, you had your day. And also the expectations that you feel have been put on you by the world in which you live in. Okay. So just, you know, you don't have to take it on every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think like it is so much better for us to just be flexible on how we're feeling on the day, mm -hmm. especially when it goes to, you know, if you're wanting to like do a painting, for example, or you have like a project that you want to do, you don't have to, like you were talking about sewing, like you don't have to get it done <laughs> in a whole day. Yes, you don't. Like, it's not like this is the deadline. Oh, uh, yeah, I used to give myself the most unrealistic. Okay, here's a great way to give yourself artist block. Set unrealistic expectations. Yes. Like, bam, you're going to get it. Because yeah, deadlines, like, yeah, my skill set needs to be deadline. expert level. Like, <laughs> I've been drawing for a year and I better be like Picasso. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a huge thing, too. Like, going back yeah. into something that you've been blocked for before and trying to unblock it and thinking mm -hmm. you can come back to it at the same yeah. level that you were at like it's like no like you're out of practice like you still gotta like put the reps back in and no it's okay. one is born with the ability to draw okay yeah. nobody so it's yeah. learned <laughs> it is absolutely learned and you know i think we just need all these like reminders and also a lot more of like self-kindness to ourselves when it comes mm -hmm. to anytime we're feeling blocked in any way like there's a reason why we're blocked and sometimes those creative blocks can be like how you and I were talking about injuries. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. it's like your body or your mind is just like, I can't do it today. Right. And, and that should be okay. Yeah. And that should be okay. And it's like, yeah. it makes sense to just like take a break because your your body and your mind are probably telling you like, yo, you're, you're doing the most. Like we, mm -hmm. we got to back up a little bit and, yeah. you know, just adjust and if you're needing those reminders that like you're doing okay or you know it's like okay to pivot it's okay to do things like that's why it's really important to have those good support systems and we say systems but if you can even have that one friend like that's still yeah, you like just a need one system. you really just, just one. need one cheerleader in your life who just loves your work and loves what you make and you really genuinely only need one support person just trust that you can go to them and that they'll be that for you and don't go to other people if you know that they're not going to be that for you you know yeah so. exactly and not to also worry about um there was like a past episode where we were talking about oh my god what was it we were 
we were saying how there'd be people always asking us like what our next project is <laughs> and like if you don't know what's coming up next like it's okay <laughs> if you don't like, yeah it's okay not to know yeah like i still yeah. get asked that today too and like because i've been so focused on like the business aspect of my work like i in terms of like the creative aspect of it like i don't know what i'm doing necessarily creatively next so mm. yeah i it was a very weird and like funny thing for us to like bring up but i feel like that happens with creative blocks too it's like oh yeah a lot of times people don't know if you're in one so if like they ask you that question what your next product is like you can be honest if you want or just you know you can I say always, in between projects in between you know yeah. you don't, you don't got to specify like <laughs> you don't yeah yeah, and I but think that that goes back to like that expectation of productivity. I mean, they're really just yeah. asking because sorry, that was probably really loud. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> they're probably just asking because like you know most people assume you know what do you do for a living is like our go-to question to people. So we live in a productivity-based world. It, it makes sense, but you don't have to take that on either. You can you know I'm in between projects right now, or I'm taking a break right now, or still wrapping up the other one. You know. Yeah, and that out of ten, like the people on the other end are gonna be chill about it. I mean, if they're the one out of 10 that aren't, then you know that those are the people that are not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that person's probably going through it. Yeah, <laughs> like it, they're the person that may not be the best person to be around when you're going through this creative block. This buddy. isn't about me, is it? Yeah. <laughs> we, we all try to navigate our life in whatever way we can. And I think once we find the right people, the right mindset and the right, time and place like it it works out it works out at the end it does. we don't see it now but it does at some point yeah i think biggest thing is just if you're in creative block accepting that you're in it is probably step one and then go through all the other steps new place new space new people take a break you know lots of options explore a new hobby you know it's solid things to try yeah well, I want to thank you for being on this episode. And before we wrap up, because we are nearing our time, okay. was there anything else that you wanted to share with the people that are listening just to kind of give them reminders, if especially if there's somebody that's going through a creative block right now? You don't have to be what you think people expect of you. I think that's what I'll give everybody. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because that is a reminder I need to. My God. <laughs> okay. I was yeah. like really deeply thinking about it. I was like, how can I phrase this nicely? I hope it was nice. But yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like to the other people that you mentioned also include ourselves because yes. I feel well, like we. <laughs> yeah. Your perception of what they think that you should be. Whatever that is, you don't have to be that. Yeah. You can be you, babe. All right. Beautiful. Well, how can our listeners support you even after this episode? If you're interested in listening to more of my voice, I have an audio drama podcast called The Others. You can find it by typing The Others, Manic B Media. I think you actually do have to type the Manic B Media part. No idea why. But anyway, you can find me that way. We're in the top 5%, which I was so happy about. That happened a few months back. So, you know, people like us. It's a fun show. It's a sci-fi thriller horror. So come check us out. But thank you so much for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. And I'm so excited to hear more about your creative journey when it comes to illustrating and just any other creative things that you do, honestly. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to see what other creative endeavors you take on as well. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only. 
and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.